Say one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You're listening to Song and Story, conversations with songwriters about their songs. You can support this project on Patreon, and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at songandstorypodcast.com. I could sit here in front of my microphone and complain ad nauseum about smartphones and social media and about how it's just not good for us to carry stereo amplifiers for our rage and our vanity around in our pockets. That's how I feel about it all most of the time. But then, every once in a while, whether by the wisdom of the all-seeing algorithm or a tag in a post, I find myself tripping down an unexpected rabbit hole that leads me to something new and beautiful. And that's how I found this episode's featured guest. Her real name is Eunice, though as a solo artist, a singer-songwriter, she releases music under the name Count the Leaves. Eunice lives in Hong Kong, which gives her the distinction of being the first international artist featured on Song and Story. She has just recently released two brand new singles in anticipation of the release of her debut EP. The songs are called Elephant and Lily. They are both beautiful, and I'm so excited to hear the full project when it's released. Now, I had a whole reflection typed up on that 80s song, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. I thought that would be a fun, quirky, interesting way to prime listeners for this song and conversation. But as is often the case with my ramblings, it was just too long. So for this episode, I'll spare you more of me and instead bless you with more of the delightful and insightful Eunice Young. Hi, my name is Eunice Young. I make music under the name Count the Leaves, and this is my debut single, Elephant. You follow me everywhere I go Whether I move slow or very fast I picture you sitting on my back Whether you're way down or feeling light
You are my friend and you are my foe. This world can I've been pretty absent from social media for most of this year. Just kind of stepped away and chilling out and figuring out what I'm going to do next. And, you know, I hopped on to Instagram one day and you had tagged me in a post. (laughs) And I checked it out and it was inspired by the last episode, which... I regret to say it was about seven, almost seven months ago now, yeah. which is like December 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of unfo- is unfortunate. Um, inspired by that episode, which featured a song mm. that was written and performed, recorded almost entirely on the ukulele. What did you do when you heard that episode? I don't know. I was just like, cause you guys spent a bit of time talking about, what it's like to write on the ukulele and the different um, chords and the sounds. Um, and I really like the song Mercedes. Oh, yeah. And it just stuck in my head. It was so simple. Mm-hmm. You know, ukulele is one of those things where, where like, everybody, like, plays for a while because it's, like, cool. And then, like, but you don't, like, play it for real. I mean, some people do, for sure, right? Um and so I think I picked it up like several times, but I never owned one. But I never thought of buying one and actually writing on it. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, I should go get a ukulele and like, take this seriously. So I, I got a ukulele, and then I noticed how he played the melody of the verse, I think, or the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, I should do that. And maybe I'll find something. I'll, I'll find a melody. Um, so... I just started playing around with it. I found a melody. I thought it was kind of cute, so and I just sang some lyrics over it. And it lyrics just came, and it just happened to fit the description of like um, one of my best friends. And so I was like, oh, I should just write the song about her. Um, See, that's that's really cool because you, you when you put that post up, you know, I just happened to be like in the right receptive mood for it, and I clicked on your post and I listened to the song. And I thought, oh, she has a nice voice. <laughs> and I thought, that's really cool that this something I did or, you know, another artist that I introduced her to kind of helped inspire this. And then I list, I just kept listening. I thought, this is a really nice song. And it led me down that rabbit hole. I clicked on your your profile and your website and saw that you had one song released under your name. Yeah. And I listened to it. And it, same thing, like the further along into the song I went, I just kept thinking, like, this is really good, <laughs> you know? Like, and I, it's, I, how did all this happen? Like, how did I just find this person? And, and I think I, I kind of went back probably through some of your older Instagram posts. And what really intrigued me after listening to this song, to Elephant, which is, I, I really like the production on it, which we can get to in a bit. Um, but it has a very, a very nice, I don't want to say slow, but a very natural build. It just kind of keeps, you keep adding layers and it keeps building uh, in a way that is just so kind of naturally pleasant um, to to listen to. 
And so after hearing this fully produced track, I, I went back and found your old Instagram post where you played part of the song, and you mentioned that it was about pain. Mm. And that intrigued me and kind of made me consider the lyrics in a different way. And so, you know, just the opening line of it, you know, you, you follow me everywhere I go, yeah. whether I move slow or very fast. I picture you sitting on my back, whether you're weighed down or feeling light. Once I had that little like tidbit of information that, that the song might have something to do with pain, like that all just made me kind of look at it and listen to it in a different light. Like, are you comfortable expounding on, on that, you know, on that source? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's so like interesting hearing someone read your lyrics back to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, totally. It's that first, first, I mean, it's, it's basically about this back pain that this chronic back pain that I've experienced for, uh, many years now. I mean, it's a bit better now, but um, at the time I wrote it, it was really, really hurting. And uh, it wasn't so serious that I needed surgery, but with all the health professionals I saw, I saw so many like orthopedics, chiropractors, physiotherapists, and the common diagnosis was that it was some kind of spinal misalignment um, that would be aggravated if I'm too stressed because my muscles would tense and worsen the the misalignment yeah and so that's that's the pain that i'm actually referring to was the opening stanza was that the first line that you wrote yes it was it was i was just sitting in my living room and actually what had happened was i i quit my job because i was in so much pain and i was thinking to myself in the month after that I'm going to get back to my job really quick. I'm going to get better. And so I thought after I stopped working, it would be, it would just go back to normal, right? No stress, going to see the doctor a lot. Um, But it still hurt a lot. And I was like, what is going on? And it really, it's the the picture I get is, um, it's of an elephant, like sitting on my back, like just draping his whole entire body uh, from my shoulder all the way to my tailbone and just like chilling there. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing, where I go, whether I'm working, whether I'm not, you're still there. Just from a creative perspective, the inclination to channel that, to, to articulate it in a song, it's just interesting to me that it, it could be, read as this like um, metaphor for some kind of emotional or or spiritual crisis or, or lethargy or something you know like you follow me everywhere I go whether I move slow or very fast I picture you sitting on my back whether you're weighed down or feeling light uh, it, what's the next part is it your jabs unexpected is that it uh, your what is it Da-da-da-da. your uh your elbow's sharp? Well, so, yes, but the, but there's something before that. It's your, something's unexpected, your elbow's sharp. I couldn't quite make out what it was. Oh, oh, your shoves, your shoves. Your shoves, okay. Yeah. Your shoves unexpected, your elbow's sharp, yeah. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, and then uh, whether you contend, can you be still? A and then the next part, too, you know, you take and you take all that's left of me. My air depletes and I cannot breathe. You know, it's like, see, I, you even just <laughs> reading this back to you, you can probably hear how that could be, I guess, read or, or heard as a metaphor for some kind of emotional state or some spiritual crisis. It's just kind of like, feels like it's weighing you down, you know, but you're singing about, that's all literal. Yeah. And it's so interesting that you say that because I think like I've been making a point to tell people the story behind the song, but I also, it's, I don't know if you feel this way with your, with your own storytelling, but a part of you doesn't want to tell it. Cause you just, yeah, you just want it to be what it is for, you know, cause when a song comes out, it's, it's yours, but it's not yours. You know, it's, it's right. the world and they can interpret it and, and, and um, let it be part of their lives as they want it to be. And so I didn't want to take that away. And so when you said that, it was like, you know, like, Everything I'm trying to say through this song also implies, um, yeah, it's it's also something that in, uh, matters for like emotional pain, right, and spiritual, like any pain, like it's right. it's important that we, you know, connect and listen to it, which is ultimately where it gets to in the song. But I hope you know, like by knowing it's about back pain, it doesn't take away from the fact that. It can also be about emotional pain because physical pain does end up being emotional pain. Yeah, and it ch it changes you emotionally as well. Yes, yes, yeah, and that was definitely one of the things that I experienced. Yeah, as I was, as I was feeling this physical pain. Yeah. Yeah, and I've probably listened to the song and watched the music video probably. A probably a dozen times now like intently that's kind of wow. what i do to prepare for these conversations you know but i also like if i hear a new song and i like it i'll play it three or four or five times in a row before i move on to the next thing you know so i i do that anyway but when i'm getting ready to have a conversation like this you know i i kind of sit with it and then observe it and think about it and and try and listen to different aspects of it and see what sticks out to me pretty pretty intently and um you know as though i were staring at a caravaggio in a museum or something but mm. the the music video who's the kid it's really cute yeah i'm, I'm so glad you watched it I'm, I'm surprised that yeah that you also went to the music video um but the kid it's, it's really special to me because the kid is actually the daughter of a friend I've known her name is Jane. I've known her since first grade. So I've known her since the age of what her daughter, the age that her daughter is at now, well, close to, mm -hmm. like a, just a year or two apart. So it's it's so meaningful for me and um, to be able to have her in my video. And she's only like three and a half or four years old. I think she just turned four. And she was so cooperative. <laughs> And just so for people listening who haven't seen it, she's dressed in a little elephant costume <laughs> and following you around and you're pretty you're kind of trying to ditch her, right? <laughs> yeah, in the beginning, yeah, it's pretty annoying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then there's a moment in the video where this little girl, this little elephant who represents your your pain, kind of sits down like she's out of breath. And 
you turn around almost in this act of like submission. Like I can't (laughs) as much as I want to, I can't leave you behind. Mm. And I'm just wondering like, you know, the next line of the song is you, you try to resist me. You cannot win. I feel like your voice changes a little bit. Is this supposed to be the pain singing to you now? Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's perspective change. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's the elephant talking. The elephant, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then is it, it's your striving is pointless. Yeah. Your ego high. Come with me. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you how to be free. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you unpack that for me a little bit? Because at first it, it kind of sounds a little threatening, like your pain singing to you, you try to resist me, you cannot win. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. It does sound that way. But then there's this like this invitation. And this is why I think the music video is really cool and well done, because you, you see this in it, you know, come relax with me, like I'll show you how to be free. Can you unpack that, like this idea of pain, especially one that's chronic, like teaching you how to be free? Like what what do you what do you make of that? Uh, it's a lot. Um, yeah, it's a loaded question. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think somewhere along the way of experiencing this pain, I I realized that pain and again, whether emotional or physical, like it's not it's not out there to get us. It doesn't mean to strip everything away from our lives even though it feels that way mm-hmm. it's often um or at least sometimes it's trying to say something you know it's trying to give us some kind of information to help us right like you know when we experience the pain of sadness it's probably telling us that you know you've lost something that's important and that thing is worth grieving over um, and I think with physical pain, and I, I know I can't speak for everyone on this, but for me, I think a part of what my pain was telling me was it's okay to not achieve that much. And it's okay to not be super successful or accomplished. Because I think part of the pain was that I just, even after experiencing for a year or two, I just kept going with work. Oh. I just kept trying to do more and never let myself stop because I didn't want to be behind in my career. Um, so almost like a like a mental inability to accept these new limitations, like physical limitations, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can put it that way, yeah. And, and the, the freeing part was, was like, in that month when I wrote the song and I was still really hurting... And I was like, I'm not even working. Why am I hurting? I, I noticed there was a lot of, um, it became very emotional. Like there was a lot of anxiety building up. I just kept thinking to myself, am I ever going to go back to work? Can I have a normal social life? Can I go out, have a coffee with my friend? You know, can I carry a bag? Can I like have children? And it just, the more I thought about the future and the possibilities that, you know, that so much would be lost, the more it hurt. So it was like the more I hated it, the more I resisted, the more it made me anxious and the more it hurt, right? Yeah. And then I think it freedom came from just connecting with the pain and sort of just like sitting there and listening to it tell me, hey, just be here, right? Don't worry. 
about what's going to happen, you know, in a month or two months. Like this, this moment is, you know, in reality, it's all you have. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but this moment is still beautiful. And I think this pain sort of started me on this journey of like learning how to be fully present in the in the moment in front of me and just learning to see the light and the beauty that was already in front of me and not like missing out on that because I was so anxious about the future. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question about the, the freedom part, but that's kind of how I, 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 I saw it when I wrote that line. No, I, I mean, any answer would have done, and that was a, a beautiful one. So uh, I had a thought that was relevant, but I don't know. It might have just been a, a poorer articulation of what you just said. Um, okay, let me, I'll just use the example of, of making a, a mistake, or I, I can I can fall into the bad habit of using words that I shouldn't use, you know, mm. which is not good when you've got little kids, you know, and you're trying yeah. to teach them to be good. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you, you know, you get frustrated, you say a word that only makes you more frustrated and it makes you want to say more words. And it's this idea that like, you know, frustration compounds frustration. Mm. And um, I think that's fits kind of what you're saying is like the physical pain that you were feeling caused you a frustration that just kind of added another level of pain and it was just kind of you know the compounding interest of pain upon pain upon pain and it just kind of kept stacking up and maybe this is an apt moment for me to quote the collection i think this is from that last the last track of that album so beautiful life would be the first track and this would be the closing track the line is something like, I no longer look at my mistakes as a shovel by a grave, because each one whittled down a part of me I wasn't proud of. I think I can afford myself some grace. Mm. That idea of, you know, uh, applying that to pain that compounds upon pain. You know, it's the words of that of that verse they become less menacing, you know, like it doesn't sound like you try to resist me. You cannot win, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't sound so yeah. much like that. It sounds more like, Hey, you're trying to resist me, but I'm telling you, you can't win and that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the tone. There's a gentleness to it when, when you, I mean, it, it's, it feels like it's, it's menacing, when you're trying to fight with it, mm -hmm. but when you actually just slow down and sit with it and listen to it and maybe put your hand on it, you, it's something changes. Or and, and when you give it a name, which is why I called it elephant, you know, then you connect with it, and then just something shifts in the atmosphere. And yeah, it's 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 actually trying to be like just slow down, like chill out. It's it's okay, right? Like there's more to life than you know, like the future, right? Like I'm here now, I'm with you now and it is good now. It's beautiful now. Um, yeah. Yeah. If I could go back to something you said earlier on about like, uh, I can't remember what you said about like, uh, the layering or like the, the, it's just like compounds, you know, like what were you saying about that? Uh, was it in the big rambling thing I just said? <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it was. or yeah, okay like, it was, the, like yeah. the analogy of like the compounding interest yes. of pain something like that 
Yeah, the com- yeah. yeah, the compounding interest of pain. That just like puts it so well because I think even when, like, yeah, even when, if it's physical pain, especially emotional pain, I realize is that like, you know, like sometimes when we feel the pain of like disappointment or sadness or even uh, anger or whatever, and then we and then we compound that with feeling bad about feeling that way. Right. Right. And I, for me, I always find myself feeling bad or feeling sad or disappointed. Like, oh, no, Eunice, you should be grateful. Like, what's wrong with you, right? Like, um, But I realized when I take away that layer of shame about the way I'm feeling and just let myself feel that pain, it really helps. It really is so liberating. Um, and so it, it applies in that way, too, you know, that, that layering and uh, of pain and compounding of pain and stuff, yeah. I I feel like you know lyrically it flows really seamlessly then, and you again the video is great for this because you you see the relationship between you and and the elephant of pain, and I cannot pretend that you are apart from me, you are a part of me, and if you will not go, what are you saying there? And, and if and if you will not go, then will you teach me sight? Yeah, will you teach me sight? I guess I was trying to say, will you teach me to see? Will you teach me to see? Oh, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. And then in the moment to see the light. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a, I mean, lyrically, it's a it's a really well-constructed arc. And and the shift in perspective is, is unique. And, you know, it, it all culminates in what I think is it's such a simple but a beautiful couplet, which is, you are my friend and you are my foe. This world can hold beauty and pain. I've definitely had odd ailments or things that have, you know, bother me or come and go, but I can't say that I've ever had like a chronic pain. And to consider saying t- to pain, to my pain, to something that I live with that has like added new limitations to my life, to say to that thing, you are my friend and you are my foe. Holding that juxtaposition, like that both and, those two things that seem like they should not be able to coexist. I think one one could argue, a cynic might be able to argue, like, you shouldn't be able to say that your pain is a friend. You shouldn't be able to, you definitely shouldn't be able to say that it's a friend and a foe. Like, that that doesn't make sense. (laughs) But I think, like, I think the way you acknowledge it at the end is a great illustration of of the freedom that you were talking about mm. like w- w- when you wrote that line that couplet at the end is that when you knew the song was finished or did you struggle to kind of find a way to end it is that when you thought okay that's good that's what i want to say i actually yeah I, I think that puts it well i think i think when i started writing the song i knew it was going to be about my back pain but i'd always wanted to put this line um, I, I don't know if it was you're my friend and you are my foe, but I definitely always wanted to put this world can hold beauty and pain. Because I think if... In this song or in a song? In this song. In this song. Okay. Yeah. Because if there's anything that, you know, really freed me was this this acceptance and this sort of being in awe even of the fact that in the same place I can hold these two opposites. And that that is where life is, because beauty would not be beauty if it wasn't for pain and 
maybe pain would not be pain if it wasn't for beauty. You know, it just kind of goes back and forth. And and that's just what I, what I want to end with and sit with. Like for myself, right? There's just days when I, I, I'm hurting so much. And I think to myself, like, how is it that anyone, not just me, but anyone who goes through suffering can still, like, have a will to live? And it's because they're still... And maybe they, they might not see it or maybe they do, but there's still something to like, there's some beautiful thing in their life, whether they label it as beautiful or not, you know, that they're still like going for it and wanting to experience. And that's why the pain doesn't, you know, it doesn't consume them. Um, and I realized for myself was just like, how, how do I still want to carry on? Like, there's like something powerful there. And so I can live with both things, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be one or another. And it can't be one or another, right, in reality. <laughs> so. Right. You know, as, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, you, in spite of your pain, you know, you seem to have maintained the will to live. And not only that, but the will to create, um, to, to give life via song to your experiences. And because of that, I feel like personally enriched and blessed hearing your perspective. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Wait, just a little, okay, just a little background. I, you, and you don't have to include this in the, in the podcast. I, Do you not want me to, or? No, I mean, you, you can, you can. Okay. You can. So I think when, as, as, you know, every time I, I talk about this song, I feel like my pain pales into compare in comparison to, a lot of the the difficulty that um, I know other people are going through, and so actually, so when I'm not, music is just like a passion project. It's something I do on the side. So I'm actually a therapist um, for for my work. Uh, so it's almost as though like I can daily see this like juxtaposition of beauty and pain, and pain that is so much more than I. Than I've experienced just from working with others who are trying to sort through their own. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not that I've had a conversation with my clients about the song or anything, but it's like in that room, in that space where they're confronting their pain, and I see this this little light that shines through, and this little moment of healing, or this little moment where they're like they find value in themselves again. It's like you know, I just feel like yeah, that, that is what I mean. That is exactly what this last line is talking about, you know. Um, I, have an, I have a friend who, who also struggles with pack pain, um, but much more severely than, than I have ever experienced. They actually have to do surgery. And in, in my heart, I was like, can you, can you relate? Like, isn't this even harder for you to actually listen to this terrible pain and even go through the song and like yeah like like you said like a cynic would say like how can you call pain like your friend or both friend and foe and and seeing her like take the song and be like you know it's speaking to me like it just brings tears to my eyes because I'm like how can you even let it speak to you you know your pain is so much she's like bedridden at times um and it's just beautiful that she she would let it in you know and and allow herself to like through the song, you know, find some kind of rest. 
Um, and so we talk a lot and we'll, we'll, we'll be like, hey, how's elephant today? How's your elephant today? Uh. Yeah, you know, and so I think I just have so much respect for her because, yeah, I think a part of my fear with the song was like, maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe not everyone can say that about their pain. And so there was that friend. And then there's another friend who, who struggles with OCD and depression. And it's just something he struggled with for years. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you, it just never seems to go away, um, no matter what you do. And when he said that he could relate to the song and that um, this idea of like the pain being not apart from you, but a part of you, like that also really touched me. I didn't go into details exactly about how he relates to it. I, I mean, I know how his struggle with OCD and depression, but again it just like my heart's just full because I'm like how do you even let something like this speak to you when you are in such um a dark place you know like so maybe it's just the feeling of oh someone gets this tension Uh, maybe I'm not completely healed or freed but at least someone gets it you know oh sure sure and and I think that speaks to you know what you were saying before, you know, when I mentioned that this song could be read as as though it's purely referring to emotional pain or spiritual hardship, whatever. You know, somebody could hear it that way and it would still resonate with them. Even though you might undermine your own experience with pain when comparing it to others who, you know, you're pretty confident have it worse than you do. Yes. You know, the reality is just by writing and singing and and sharing about your experience, it is inevitably going to resonate with people who experience anything remotely similar. Even if theirs is the degree less when compared to yours that you feel like yours is when compared to these other friends of yours, you know, like it doesn't matter, you know, pain is pain. And if there's something that can help you I guess hold it in your in your head and in your heart when you're experiencing it that this world can hold beauty and pain and even though I f- seem to feel the pain so often I've also seen and held the beauty as well you know Yeah that puts it perfectly yeah As far as the I, I guess maybe just to get into a little bit of the production because uh, I'm very curious, how collaborative was it? Did you come in with with a vision for something that might sound like this? Because you would have just written this on the acoustic guitar, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your shelves unexpected. Your elbows sharp. When you content, can you be still? And if there if there is one in acoustic guitar in this track, it's pretty hard to hear, you know, because there is no acoustic guitar. Yeah. Okay. See, that's so interesting to me. <laughs> I, I say we we trashed it, and I, I corrected myself. I know he trashed it. <laughs> he trashed. <laughs> Screw acoustic guitar. No, I don't, he didn't actually say that. Okay. But, but you were okay with that decision at a certain point. Yeah. Okay. So I, I love talking about production because it really brings me back to just recording the song. And we recorded this over a year ago because I, I wanted to be able to finish the other three tracks and 
be releasing them at more or less the same time since it's, it feels like a bundle of stories to me. And so I it brings me back and I it was collaborative. I mean, I was I was at the studio. I didn't just like give him the song and be like, just do whatever you want with it. Right. Um, but I, I would say largely the this the 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 more upbeat feeling of the song. I don't think I would have gotten there if it wasn't for Isaac. We knew it was supposed to be fast and it was supposed to have drums in it, but I never imagined it to be able to get to this sort of like groovy kind of point. You know how in the second verse it has like a nice little like groove to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Elephant speaks, I, I never imagined that. Because it starts off, so I thought it would at least start off with an acoustic guitar, which with that basic, you know, boom, boom, da, 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 folk strum. Um, uh, but he was like, let's do an electric guitar, like a palm mute. And I remember talking to him about it over, because uh, COVID was pretty bad back then in Hong Kong. And so I remember talking to him about it uh, over Zoom. And, and I was pretty, I did not buy the idea. <laughs> and to be honest, I think. Still to this day, when I listen to that part, I'm like, <laughs> but it's one of those things where I can't think of anything else either. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So I was like, you know, like, it, it's, I, I almost feel like it's these little elephant footsteps, like boom, 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 boom. Um, and that's, that's how I take it. Um, yeah. Actually, what was your question? Oh, I think you're answering it. It was basically about like, did you have a vision when you went in with this song? How collaborative was the process? It was like an open-ended, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so and the vision that vision I did have was I wanted to really change the entire tone of the song, starting second verse. Like I wanted to deliberately feel like because I also because when I wrote it, the chords change. Right, it goes from major in the first verse. And then it and then change it to the minor chords of that major key in the Oh, list. that's interesting. So you so you wanted the perspective shift to be really obvious. Yeah, to be there musically too. Okay. So when you when you take it to the minor key, it just feels and maybe that's why you felt like it was kind of menacing, right? Yeah. Like it just feels a bit darker, it's a bit like nudier, you know, um, it's just not as like bright. And so I I'd I told Isaac, yeah, like, let's make this really different. And and so when he played that first electric electric strum, introduced, like, goes, and then he tried to resist me, you boom, boom. It was just, like, the perfect thing. Um, and he also did this thing, because I was like, let's let's try to include some elephant sounds. And so we experimented, experimented with, like, us just like sound clips on lines of like elephants stomping in the forest. I think in there, but it's one of those things where it's in there, you feel it, but you don't know it's there. But you never know it unless you knew that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. still, because that's it cool. pretty horrible on its own. Yeah. Um, and, but, but one thing he did that I really liked was he used the, I think he used the whammy bar. And it, so it gives this like, like this elephant wailing sound. That was a lot of fun trying to figure out how to change the sound of it so that it's not all just like what it sounded like in the beginning, right? Right, um, right. No, it's, as I said, like the way it opens, and this could be because the only other thing I'd heard from you was your ukulele song, which is obviously totally <laughs> different than a palm muted electric. But like, 
So when this starts playing, I have no idea where it's going to go. And the way your vocals sound when they come in is cool. And then it's like, then there's a little, another little layer added and it just kind of, you just keep adding layers and it, it keeps me interested. It's one of those songs, like it keeps me interested to where by the time it's over, it's kind of gone to places that I just wasn't expecting it to go that I started over again right away, you know, to kind of hear it all play again. Right. Yeah. And I guess that's how it is lyrically too, right? That you start off with this pain and then you end up in a completely, you end up with the pain still, but the pain is also in a different place with you, you know? You follow me everywhere I go Whether I move slow or very fast I picture you sitting on my back Whether you're way down or feeling light This world can hold 
If you enjoyed my conversation with Eunice, please check out more music from Count the Leaves. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much everywhere we get our music these days. I put some links in the show notes on songandstorypodcast.com. Her latest single is called Lily, and it is so moving and heartbreakingly lovely. So check that out. And since we talked about it a bit in this episode, be sure to check out the music video for Elephant on YouTube. If you appreciate this podcast and would like to support me in my various creative endeavors, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash songandstory. I've just put a little bonus episode up for patrons so they can hear some deleted scenes and get more of my conversation with Eunice. In general, I haven't been as active on social media this year. I've tried to pull it all back a bit. I still post and interact with folks, just not quite as much as I used to. So if you're inclined, give Song and Story Podcast and myself, Kevin Heider, a like, a follow, whatever, to stay up to date on the latest releases and projects. Thank you so much for listening to Song and Story. Because you still are, here's a little bonus clip in which Eunice and I talk about our favorite episodes of this podcast, her favorite artist that she has discovered through it, and our mutual affection for the music of the collection. First, I want to ask you this. You kind of mentioned this to me in a message, uh, but how did you find the podcast? How did you find Song and Story? Um, yeah, so I I listened to, you know, the band, um, the collection. Um, and so I really, when they came out with their new album, I think it was a while ago, um, with the song, the single Beautiful Life. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, so I wanted to, and then, but I was kind of confused about the bridge, because it just seemed like a shift, and I wanted to just figure out, like, you know, what was going on um, when he wrote that bridge, um, and so I just Googled uh, "beautiful life," the story behind the meaning, you know, one of those phrases, and then your podcast came up, um, and I think it was with, uh, I forget his name, David. David Wimbish, yeah. Yes, David Wimbish, the lead singer. Um, and so then I clicked into it, I listened to it, and I loved it, and it really helped me understand the song. And so then from there on, I just kind of scrolled through um, your episodes and just found different ones that I liked and enjoyed, and that's pretty much how I found it, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? That's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, how, did you, yeah. how did you find the collection? I can't remember, actually. I think the first song I heard by them, I think my friend must have sent it to me. Uh, my friend who lives in Canada um, was called Dirt. Dirt. Same. Yes, yeah, same here. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, I mean, a buddy, a buddy of mine had sent that song to me. I want to say it was like around 2011 or 2012. I think the song itself was had just been released. And I listened to it and loved it. And I kept going back to that song, but I never listened to anything else for pro- <laughs> for probably five or six years. And then um, I dove into their Ars Moriendi album. And yes, yes. it was just phenomenal. So I've been, uh, yeah, just kind of following everything they've been doing since then. Yeah, I think they've evolved a lot, like lyrically and as a band. Yeah. Like, from lyrics you hear it 
in dirt and I feel like I, I feel like I've, I've gone through like a summer evolution like so it, it just kind of drew me in and I really wanted to know why he wrote what he wrote because it just resonated so yeah 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 I'm curious are there any other artists uh that you you know I feel like most of the people we featured are pretty indie I mean that's what I appreciate too that it's not necessarily people who are like um you know super famous or widely known yeah and so you find these gems and it's yeah it's always nice yeah and I've just met you know doing this for 10 years I've met so many artists who they maybe released an EP or an album or a few singles and then they just kind of didn't really want to do it anymore. But what they put out and what I heard from them was really good, you know? So right, it's, yeah. it's fun to, it's fun for me to kind of expose people to, to stuff like that. And anyway, all this is to ask, are there any uh, other artists? Cause you were familiar with the collection before you started listening, but um, who are maybe a few that you've been like really surprised by or episodes that you really liked? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, Besides the collection, honestly, I've never heard of any other artists there. Okay. Um, so I think the one that stands out to me most is Dennison Whitmer. Oh yeah. Uh, I I know he's been making been making music for a while, so but I just I just never came across him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he did the interview on San Francisco, like that really did it for me. I was like, I love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. And so I just started listening more after that. Um, I also enjoyed. I, I I didn't delve into his music because after Dennison went right. I mean, I listened to his whole album and then like delve into his stuff. Oh, it's but so good. The one I enjoyed was um, there was a guy called Tyler. Was it Tyler Hook? Yeah, Tyler Hook. Mm-hmm. Let go. That was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to that song. Um, and then there's your stuff too. I mean, you did an episode where you were interviewed. Oh yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was really pretty too. Yeah, but Dennison Whitmer is the artist where like I hear the, the song and then I, I want to also like delve into his other one. That that one really, yeah, that one really spoke out to me. Yeah, I'm glad you're digging his album. That's cool. Yeah, I'm glad I found. I'm glad I found it. I probably wouldn't have stumbled upon him if I uh, wasn't into the collection and therefore found your podcast yeah so. right that's cool that that makes <laughs> that makes me happy so <laughs> yeah. Great. have you by chance listened to i think it was the fifth episode they're not numbered which maybe i should do that but um with maria price what was the song called this way no i don't think so or it might have it remember yeah okay her, yeah, her name is maria price the only music she's ever released is one six song EP and she released it like eight years ago, maybe seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was called, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't do anything with music anymore. She like does not play or write or record. And her EP is called, uh, beautiful things in horrible places. Wow. Maria price. Maria price. Yeah. I I see. I see it now on Spotify. Okay, cool. Is that the title? Beautiful things. Yeah. The beautiful things. In horrible places, yeah. Anyway, the song, and this, is, this isn't giving anything away of, of the episode because it's still, like, it was the fifth one I put out, and it's just one of my favorites. Her, like, just vulnerability in the episode and talking about it is nuts, but her voice is phenomenal. Mm. And 
like she won American Idol. I, this might be in the bonus clip that's like at the end of the episode. When she was 17, she won American Idol auditions in Disney World. Like they offered her the golden ticket to go to Hollywood. And she and she turned it down. <laughs> because it all seemed too fake to her. Whoa. So I know. So I uh, listen to listen to her episode. Yeah, I'll probably do another deep dive into all those episodes now. 